0: at rock auto amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need visit rockauto.com and tell them locked on sent you so today i want to talk about something that mike silver accidentally reported (laughs) so he went on nfl network and said hey um i think the packers should sign richard sherman And I thought, okay, that's interesting. Um, He is someone who is very well connected to Aaron Rodgers. And I responded the way that I have on this show in the past and said, hey, you know what I would love is to see a story about Aaron Rodgers recruiting players to come to Green Bay. I did a whole episode on this show about that idea. And Silver did what he often does and he got a little defensive and that's okay. People come at him for real. I wasn't coming at him, but that's okay. And he said, I actually know for a fact he has reached out to at least two players recently to try and recruit them. He also added in a back and forth uh, with Jim Osharski, who now covers the bucks for uh, the journal Sentinel used to cover the Packers that It is the Packers who have been hesitant to restructure Aaron Rodgers that he would like to be and would be willing to be restructured in just a simple restructure, just to accelerate that money as bonus and do the thing that we've talked about. That is a separate thing. We we sort of knew that. And that's that's, you know, the perspective that he's getting from Rodgers. And I get that. Um, And and that may be the whole story. There may be nothing more to it. The idea of recruitment, though, is interesting, right? Because if Silver knows, if Rodgers is telling him, hey, I talked to so-and-so, or if those players are saying, hey, I talked to Rodgers, who could those players be? Who would be out there, not just that Aaron Rodgers would want, but that he would actually be able to reach out and talk to a text, a DM, someone he's played against, or knows or has some connection to i do think richard sherman is on that list the question is how does kevin King's signing affect someone like richard sherman is he going well i'm not coming to there there to compete if i'm coming there i'm the starting corner and maybe the packers agree hey yeah you're the starting corner and we paid Kevin King this you know totally ridiculous bogus contract the void years in it that is totally fake and he's getting you know 2 million dollars this year really and that's that so if you come here that's the deal and you can start same thing for Casey Hayward who Aaron Rodgers played with and who was playing in San Diego then LA where Aaron Rodgers makes his off-season home. He just bought a house in Malibu, but he belongs at a country club in San Diego or at least plays often at a country club in San Diego and spends a lot of time in Southern California in the off-season. Maybe that is the phone call that's being made or the text message or whatever it is, when the Ty Dunn piece came out that had some unflattering things about Rodgers in it and his relationship with some of his teammates, Casey Hayward was one of the guys who publicly defended Aaron Rodgers. And while there is bad blood there, potentially with the player and the team, it is still Russ Ball making the negotiations. Maybe Aaron is saying, hey, listen, Casey, come chase this ring. Come back to Green Bay. The fans would love it. What about... Offensive players. What about Mitchell Schwartz? He went to Cal. You have to believe Rodgers knows him. You know, he's been a uh, an all-pro multiple times. Certainly Rodgers knows who he is. The Chiefs have decided, for whatever reason, not to bring him back. Why wouldn't he send a text and say, Hey, Mitch, come play right tackle for us. At one point, not too long ago, like at the beginning of the season, if you would have asked, you know, an NFL fan who the best right tackle in football is, they would have told you Mitchell Schwartz. Now he's, you know, he's in his 30s now, had some injuries. Does he want to keep playing? Does he want to go back to KC? We'll see. But he is still out there. That would make sense as someone he's recruiting. What about, what about Larry Fitzgerald? I mean, is that crazy? Because he doesn't have an agreement with the Cardinals, they continue to add pieces, and he said he talked about retiring. But he and he and Rogers do have a relationship based on the things that they've said about each other. Maybe they played golf together as well. I mean, I'm sure they've been at Pro Bowls together. Um, you know, I can't I can't speak to or vouch for the extent of that relationship, but certainly if Rodgers wanted to get in contact with Larry Fitzgerald. He could do that. Now, maybe maybe Fitzgerald wants to retire. That's fine. Maybe he wants to retire. What about K.J. Wright? For all the same reasons that Rodgers knows Richard Sherman from their battles in the NFC, he knows K.J. Wright. And I don't know why Seattle wouldn't want to bring him back, but Wright had a really good season last year. And maybe he's not an ideal fit. You know, as an inside linebacker in in Joe Barry's scheme, this this three-four front. But he can run. He can cover. He's still really smart. And if you're going to play a bunch of sub package, it doesn't really matter. It doesn't really matter that he was more of an outside linebacker in Seattle. He's smart. He is instinctive. He is versatile. He could come in right away. Start for you. What about Gino Atkins? What about Gino Atkins? The Packers and the Bengals have had some battles over the years. You know, yeah, again, you know, there there is this sort of brotherhood at Pro Bowls and and those kinds of events. Gino's been there, Rodgers has been there. They've been in the league a long time. Now, I don't know if they have a relationship. I'm just trying to connect some dots here. Now, I thought Jim Osharski made an interesting point he said, why does Rogers have to restructure his deal? Why does he have to recruit? And his perspective was, "Get, the, I want the most money I can get, and you guys got to figure it out. And I understand that. And he doesn't have to do anything. Of course, he doesn't have to do anything. And... As, as Mike pointed out, and, and I responded as well, you know, look, the restructure actually makes things easier on the Packers financially. He's not taking less money. He's actually getting that money sooner. And it could create cap space that they could use to sign these guys. I, I sort of framed this from a PR standpoint when we talked about it on the show that Rogers gets to be the hero. They restructure the deal and you, you go from there. And, and he gets to say, hey, we did this thing for you. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm I'm doing this for you. So why does Rodgers have to do it? He doesn't. He doesn't, right? He doesn't have to do anything. I framed it through the lens of Tom Brady. Tom Brady didn't have to take less money in New England. Tom Brady didn't have to go to Tampa Bay. Tom Brady didn't have to recruit players he wanted to play with. And certainly Tampa Bay didn't have to listen to him. They did. And He didn't have to sign an extension. He didn't have to take less money. He didn't have to suggest to his teammates, hey, we can win this again if you guys take a little bit less and we keep the band together. He didn't have to do that. That's not his job, but he did it and he did it to benefit his team. Now, I am not going to ever suggest anyone take less money. I will never do it. I am I am merely suggesting and I'm not Rogers doesn't have to take less money that's the beauty of this. I am merely suggesting that he exert some level of power that he has and he has it to get what he wants. And I don't I don't think he is the type of person who's going to go to management and say figure this out or I'm out. But I do think management clearly has been um, hesitant, Rogers might say intransigent when it comes to his contract, and therefore they're not going to listen to what he wants because they're keeping their flexibility open to potentially move on in a year or two. But Rogers has a ton of leverage in this situation in terms of the political power that he wields, social media, the PR battle. If he comes out and says, hey, I'd really like it if we did a thing or, hey, you know, I would love to play with this guy or, or it drops hints like that. He's been very diplomatic through all of this. And so, you know, we talked about this the other day. If you're going to make the case that, oh, he wants to blow it up. Why is he being such a good soldier now? Why? Why is he so at peace? And maybe it's just like, yeah, whatever happens, happens. And from a mental health perspective, I understand that that's what what he wants to do. I, I am jealous that that's where he is. I would love to be that mindful and 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 be able to meditate and do those things and and have that perspective. I'm I'm merely suggesting that if he wants certain things to happen, if it is the case, just because just because you're okay with the eventuality doesn't mean you don't have preferences about what that eventuality looks like, right? You just understand you don't have control over it. You don't have control over, you know, in this case Rogers is talking about I don't have control over when the team wants to move on. No, but you do have control over what conversations are had internally. And he said on the record, I don't tell the the, you know, Brian Gutekins, I don't tell management who to draft. Good, Not his role. But I do think it's useful with free agents to come in and say, hey, you know, these are these are guys that I think are good. I would love it if we got this guy. I think this is someone worth acquiring. And the Packers said, Brian Gutekunst said, we don't have a lot of money, but there are some players we're looking at and we think we can make a move or two. Well, they haven't made those moves. Now, was that part of the plan all along? Was it always going to be, hey, we can bring the band back together and then save this Aaron Rodgers piece? I do think they're still saving the Aaron Rodgers piece. There's still significant money that they have to move before the season starts. It sounds like the Devontae Adams extension is moving forward, and it's not close, but it's going to happen. That could save them some money here in the short run. I still think they're going to get something done with Rogers in the contract, but no, Rogers doesn't have to do anything. It is ultimately on the front office to make these decisions. But if you're Rogers, if let me let me phrase it this way: if I were Rogers, I would, and I wanted them to do something. Let's say I wanted them to sign Richard Sherman. First of all, I would make sure Richard Sherman knows that, especially because. He's his own agent, but we could be talking about Casey Hayward, Mitchell Schwartz, whatever it is. I would be liking social media posts. I would be commenting on Instagram, on their Instagram. I would be dropping hints in interviews and I would be exerting some, some level of urgency on management. Hey, we should do this. You should sign this guy. And it has to be a little bit of a combined effort. Because it's if it's only behind closed doors, there's no pressure on the team to make a move. But if there now there's all this speculation. Oh, is Rodgers trying to recruit? That's why I'm surprised we haven't gotten a Mike Silver piece. I'm like, Mike, why are you holding out? If you, if you know Rodgers is recruiting, write that damn story. Especially, and I'm not saying he's doing this, but especially if... You have. I and he's advocated for the Packers to make some signings. So if you want that as an outcome, or you think that is the smart outcome, why not write the story? I mean, especially if if you're, I don't want to say carrying water, because I, I think that is being uncharitable, but if, if you want the Packers to support your guy, and you think the smart thing for them to do is sign some guys, write the story. I'm not telling Mike how to do his job, I'm just saying, that is a that's that is literally the story I was asking for. Tell me he's recruiting. Because guess what that does? It puts pressure on the organization. It means Rogers wants them to do stuff. Now that's in the media. Rogers wants them to do stuff and we we sort of already knew that, but this is this would be explicit. Rogers wants them to take action. They are not taking He could have said to Pat McAfee, hey, you know what would be great? A little assurance that I'm going to be around. Hey, you know what would be great? Not having a lame duck season because I know next offseason they could move on from me. I would really like it if that were not the case. He hasn't said any of that. Do I think he should? No. Would I? I mean, frankly, I might, but I'm not Aaron Rodgers. He's a lot smarter than I am. And, And he certainly knows what's better for him. Again, I don't I don't want to speak for him. I'm not speaking for him. I'm just wondering what the best way is for him to get what it sounds like he wants. Today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Rock Auto is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oils, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered to your door. Buying car parts can be a complete hassle. They could be jerking you around with prices. You don't want to deal with that. RockAuto.com has the same reliably low prices for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. So why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to RockAuto.com now and see all the parts available for your car or truck and write locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know we sent you. Get all the sports you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast hosted by me as we update you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. So all of that talk yesterday about athletic profile got me thinking. Uh, It is always, I think, the prudent path to assume that the Packers are going to lean heavily on athletic profile in the draft. And not that it is the end-all be-all. And I'm not going to continue to make the case for why uh, they think it is important or why I think it is important. They think it is important. It doesn't matter if you like it or not. (laughs) And... I don't I don't think it gets them into trouble um, from the standpoint of they prioritize athleticism over guys who can play. I think they actually find a really good balance of that. You know, a team like the Raiders has historically prioritized speed in particular, not just pure athleticism, but speed over everything else. Whether or not the guy can play football, whether or not he's got the requisite size or, or agility or explosiveness laterally to play his position. But I thought, okay. Let me put together a mock draft where all I do is prioritize athletes and I look at relative athlete score and I just say, okay, the best guy in range, right? Not just the best athlete, because if you just took the best athletes, you know, you might be taking UDFAs early, but the best athlete in range. Now this is using the draft networks rankings. That just was the easiest thing to do. So what, what I found, actually, is I put together a draft that, frankly, I don't hate. Um, there are definitely some things to really like about it. In fact, at 29, I got one of the biggest risers in this offseason process, someone who is a true riser because um, he w- was really just a one-year player at Kentucky, and that's Jamin Davis, the linebacker he was terrific for basically one season. And the NFL and the the NFL industrial complex, the media, um, they start to see these guys as underclassmen. And so, okay, guys come back or they're coming up through the ranks and you go, okay, a year ahead of time, we sort of know who the dudes are. Or at least we we have a good idea of, of who a lot of them are. And what happens is over the course of the season, some guys start to make a name for themselves. But if you're not on a great team, you don't really have that opportunity. Davis is one of those guys. And he tested as a, a an absolutely ridiculous athlete. Every guy I picked had a, a relative athlete score over nine. Over nine. So all these guys are absolutely crazy athletes. And yet, I think we got some pretty good football players. Now, Davis does not know how to play in coverage yet. But he is a heat-seeking missile against the run and absolutely has the requisite tools to become a useful coverage player. Devin White does not know how to play in coverage yet. But that guy is a heat-seeking missile. And Todd Bowles uses him in precisely the right way. Joe Barry, linebacker's coach, coached this guy up. He's got star potential. I mean star potential. Is it my favorite pick at 29? No. Were there guys on the board that if I were just picking dudes, I would have taken over him? Yeah. But for the purposes of this mock, he went here. At 62, this was actually pretty easy because Creed Humphrey, um, who could play center or guard for the Packers, was one of the best athletes in this draft class. And so he was the easy pick at 62. Could play guard, could play center, and I'm not ruling it out. The, the Packers took Elton Jenkins, and that has worked out beautifully for them. They lose Corey Lindsley. They have some questions along the interior. I don't think interior offensive line is off the board by any means. Now, do I think they would take multiple early? Mm, maybe not, but at 92, I got Ben Cleveland, who is another outstanding athlete, a pedigreed guy. I mean, this could be your starting group. Jenkins, Humphrey, and Creed, and Cleveland, that could be your starting interior for you know, a long, long time. You got David Bakhtiari, you got Billy Turner for the next couple seasons, figure the rest out. I mean, I think it's workable here. In the fourth, we talked about this guy yesterday, someone I need to watch a little bit more, Robert Rochelle from Central Arkansas. Outstanding athlete and just, I I think a good player Um, based on on what I've seen, based on what I've read. Like I said, I haven't studied him yet and I'm, I'm gonna have to because I do think he's on Green Bay's board. This is a good pick. This is a good value pick here. And it just so happened that he was the best athlete. And then at 142, same deal. Marco Wilson from Florida. Terrific athlete. A little uh, uh, up and down on where you could see him. Um, ESPN, like I said yesterday, has him at 77, I believe. So like a, a bona fide day two pick. Whereas, you know, he's in the 150s, 160s, 190s. Some places, you know, that you look. In the fourth, it's a dart throw, and it works for me. At 173, I got Shaka Tony from Penn State, who actually tested much better athletically than uh, it seemed like he would. He, he's got a pretty good pass rush package, and the knock on him was, oh, maybe he's not the best athlete. Turns out he's a really good athlete. And, you know, to to get a developmental pass rusher like this when Preston Smith is probably not going to be on the team past this season, he could come in and be that third guy. I really like this. Um, At 178, Simi Fahoko from Stanford. um, The PFF comparison for him is uh, DK Metcalf, but like if he didn't have a clue, (laughs) like completely unpolished DK Metcalf, I believe is the exact phrasing. And DK Metcalf is already unpolished. This is Jeff Janis. I mean, that's what he is. A a ball of tools who at worst is your new gunner and special teams ace. And he's got inconsistent ball skills. He doesn't really know quite what he's doing yet. But athletically, he is incredible. At 214, I got Chris Evans, the running back from Michigan. Just take a flyer on day three with an athlete and figure it out. Maybe he could return kicks Maybe he can be an asset um, as a jet sweep guy in the passing game, but just give him a shot. Really, really good athlete. Uh, we, we know the program. We, we, we've we seen him play in big games. That that offense is kind of a mess, but such is life. And then at the end of the draft, I, I did what Brian Gutekinst and Ted Thompson often did and took a couple swings at wide receiver. Tim Jones from Southern Miss um, had some injuries last year, but the speed is there. He could play in the slot. Um, That's that's a, a swing. And then Brandon Smith from Iowa, Tim Jones and Brandon Smith, two very nondescript names, but two outstanding athletes. And those are just dart throws. I mean, there's no reason on day three you should ever take a bad athlete. It just doesn't make sense because you're banking on upside. And worst case scenario is you've got a guy who's just playing special teams for you. And guess what you need on special teams? Athleticism. Guess what helps you on special teams? Being fast and and explosive and, and shifty potentially. It's really nice to have those guys on your special teams. So, you know, I, I was sort of skeptical about this. I thought it was a fun idea and I would come out with sort of a mess of a draft. I don't think that would be a bad draft. Those are good football players. Because you're still following, you know, some order of of prospect quality, and I didn't always take the top guy on the board. But what you're doing is you're setting yourself up to maximize your upside. And, you know, Creed Humphrey, Ben Cleveland, they're good players. Those are good, solid players who happen to have outstanding athleticism. And I, I think too often we worry, oh, they're just good athletes. Or, you know, the Packers prioritize athleticism too much. They, they don't want good football players, they want good athletes. I don't think that's true. I think that that you can do both, and I think this draft proves that, even though it's not necessarily the way I would allocate my resources. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but we got the NBA. We've got the NHL. Baseball is back, so a lot to be betting on. Plus, they've got award shows, TV shows, reality TV, all there to bet on. The Oscars are coming up. BetOnline has you covered with all of the ways that you want to bet on basically whatever you want. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use the promo code LOCKEDON. That's a 50% deposit bonus. You put money in, they match up to 50% when you use the promo code LOCKEDON. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, one more episode this week as we near ever closer to the NFL draft three weeks away. Three weeks away and a lot more that we have to discuss between them. And who knows, maybe the Packers will make a move between now and then. Maybe all of that recruiting from Aaron Rodgers will finally pay off. I want to do a mailbag show tomorrow. So send me your questions, your draft questions, your free agent questions, your trade questions, your Aaron Rodgers questions, your um, the chicken piccata recipe questions, whatever you got, send them to me um, on Twitter, on Facebook, or of course, on the Lockdown Packers fan hotline to do that